just south of the Tugela River, just to the west of the N3 road. There is a hill that looms up over the surrounding countryside. It looks like two bumps rising up to a flattish rump, which dips slightly before rising again to another plateau. It looks like the kind of copy you might see on any of the wide horizons of this beautiful country. But this hill is called Spionkop, or Spire Hill, and there are stories about it that will chill your heart. It is the wet, dark evening of January the 23rd, 1900. The Anglo-Boer War is four months old. Ladysmith is under siege, cut off from Natal by a force of Boer volunteers, who, having said farewell to their women and children and farms, had ridden off on their horses to war, have been living rough on the felt as they hold the British army out of their homeland. The Boers have already thrown the British back across the Tugela once. But the situation in Ladysmith is dire. The townspeople are dying of disease and starvation. Supplies of food, medicine and ammunition are critical. They are eating the dogs and horses. But surrender to that ragtag Boer army is unthinkable. The town must be relieved, whatever it takes. The British march on Ladysmith again, this time from the southwest, where the Boer line is thin. But Spionkop stands in the way, and Sir Redvisbulle, the British commander, orders that it be taken. So on this dark, damp, moonless night, British soldiers begin struggling up the Koppi's steep southern face. Only on the second day, the British have taken the hill. One man, a Boer sentry, is dead, and his comrades have fled into the thick mist that has settled on the hill like a blanket. The British begin digging a defensive position. It is hard going in the stony ground, and when dawn begins to break, they see they have made a terrible mistake. Raymond Heron, historian and storyteller, and the owner of the Spionkop guest lodge down in the valley, knows all the sad and moving stories of that day. Just before sunset, he takes us up the hill, up to the memorials at the top. His first story is a bitter one, which begins at sunrise when the Boers, who are entrenched on nearby copies, see an incredible target and raise their Mauser rifles to their shoulders. For the British it was most unfortunate because they dug their trenches on the top of Spiankop in a very heavy mist, didn't really know where they were, and to their detriment as the sun started to rise the following morning, as the, as the lift, mist was lifting and the sun was rising, they were blinded by that, and the Boers had their backs to the sun, and they were able to open a deadly fire onto the British position, and we know that over 70 of the British soldiers up there were shot through the right temple suggesting they were turning their heads away from the rising sun and getting shot. The morning drags on and the British are being slaughtered in their trench. They have no water and the incoming fire is so stiff that the medical orderlies cannot reach the wounded. One man says the Boer bullets came so thick and fast they sounded like a swarm of angry bees. Many officers are killed and before long, command on the summit has passed to Colonel Alexander Thornycroft, a big and irascible colonial soldier who in a most British way curses a Boer detachment who tried to take some of his fusiliers prisoner. I'm commandant here, he shouts. Take your men back to hell, sir. There is no surrender. The fighting is bitter. Then the Boers, whose numbers are being whittled away by the British rifle and artillery fire, abandon the hill. (laughs) 
It is almost a rout as the burghers of the Carolina and Leidenberg commandos leap on their horses and begin galloping off in the direction of Ladysmith. Their commander, the wily and astute General Louis Boerter, tries to save the day. Raymond Heron tells the story. So the Boers then started to leave Swiankop. That's when Louis Boerter got onto his horse. He rode out after them, and once he'd gathered them together in what surely must have been one of the most impassioned pleas of his career, he says to the men, do you know who you're fighting? He said, the men you're fighting have come 7,000 miles, and they are fighting for a queen. You're fighting for your homes, your farms, your families. He says, you're fighting for your country. And he reminded them of their victory on Majuba in 1881, and that was enough to bring them back into the battle. South Africans have many weird and wonderful stories to tell. One of the strangest of all, though, is the one about three men who were on Spionkop that day, under fire and exposed to terrible danger. If any of them had died up there on those bloody slopes, the world might have been a very different place. Yeah, the three people um, were firstly uh, Louis Boerta. He went on to become the first Prime Minister of the Union of South Africa in 1910, and he sided South Africa with Britain against the Germans in the First World War. So um, that, that's quite a, a feat to have been able to do that. Winston Churchill. One wonders what happens to the Western world without him in the Second World War. And Gandhi. The Mahatma Gandhi is on Spienkop. It's on that mountain on that day that he's reputed to have got his first feelings for passive resistance. He was heard to say that he could see what the human race was capable of doing to one another, but he needed to know in the name of what. Today the British dead still lie in their trench on the summit of Spionkop. There is a scattering of memorials to both armies dead, and a long mass grave embraced by white painted stones. There is a cypress tree that a grieving mother brought by ship all the way from England to plant on her son's grave. The tree has survived three lightning strikes. When you visit, ask Raymond to tell you the story. Spionkop sits in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. The views of the Drakensberg Mountains from the top of Spionkop are unsurpassed. It's becoming, and it's becoming more and more um, obvious that more people are wanting to come up and see this particular battle site. So, you know, from a tourism point of view, it certainly is a must-see. It's hard to imagine that such terrible things happen in such a beautiful place. Look around you. Mountains and hills and sky. It is so beautiful and so peaceful. So it's good to turn off the road sometimes and go and climb the hill and take a look at our past. Stand on the summit at sunset and listen to the wind sighing in the grass and the jackals crying in the dusk and you will be transported to another time. This podcast was brought to you by timeslive.co.za. And I'm Paul Ash. Thank you for listening.